Anyway, today we're going to get right into it. I know normally start with a, a joke to start, and uh, today I just feel like I have a heavy word that's been on my heart, um, man, for quite a while. I think since being, we went on vacation and I got two messages on vacation. I'm like, Lord, I'm supposed to be on vacation. And instead, uh, he just put some stuff in my heart and just, then I went to color a women's conference last weekend with Katie in the city. And I was just bawling my eyes out, not because of anything that they said, but just something that was in the atmosphere that was just wrecking my, my spirit. And so this morning, can we just get right into it? All right. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24, and then thir verses 34 through 35. And I'll give you a little bit of context of what's going on here. The Apostle Paul, earlier on, he had an encounter with Jesus. He was on his way to take out some Christians. He was a persecutor of Christians. And so he was on his way to do that. He had an encounter with Jesus, changed his life completely. And now he made his lifelong mission to serve Jesus and let people know about the love of Jesus. And basically what Jesus did for him. And so he made his mission to go and plant churches and, and, and lead leaders of these churches. And so we're picking up a story here in Acts where he's speaking to the leaders or the elders of the Ephesian church to say farewell to them because he felt in his spirit that the Lord was letting him know that very soon he wouldn't be there anymore. In other words, he was probably going to be a martyr for the gospel. And so he was letting the Ephesian church know what was going on and he was explaining to them that the Lord had placed a very heavy and compelling but godly burden on him to go to Jerusalem. So let's pick it up. Verse 22, it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, another version says, bound by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Let's jump to 34. It says, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I know we're looking at the scripture up here, but if you're taking notes or if you have the actual physical Bible with you, four things I want you to underline, four things I want you to write, four things I want you to think about as we get into the word for this morning. The first one is compelled by the spirit. Underline that, put that in your Evernote, put that in your notes, whatever you do this morning, put that down somewhere. Compelled by the spirit, bound by the spirit. Second thing I want you to write or underline is my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Third thing, the needs of my companions. Fourth thing, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you're here right now. And out of you, Lord Jesus, flows rivers of living water. And because you are in us, we know that rivers of living water flow out of us. 
And so I welcome your presence here. May it be the most honored guest here. And I just pray that this word that you have for your people this morning will so penetrate the soul and mind that, Lord, it would impart change into people's worlds in Jesus' name. And Father, I humbly step into the grace that you've given me so that I can deliver this word in your boldness, through your grace, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, help someone in here this morning. In your name I pray, amen. We're in a series right now called Stretch Marks. And last week, Anthony, man, he kicked butt coming back. And he talked about stretch marks when it comes to the Holy Spirit and understanding the work of the Holy Spirit. But today, if you're taking notes, the the title of my message is Stretch Marks for People. Stretch Marks for People. Who in your world needs your stretch, even though it may produce some stretch marks on you? Who in your world needs your stretch marks? Who in your world needs your outstretched hand so it can make some destiny marks in their world? What if for a moment we stop talking about the things that we're fighting for? We're fighting to get an engagement ring or we're fighting for the promotion. All great things. We're fighting for this and we're fighting for that. But my question to you this morning is, who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? You know, in the natural sense, we fight for our sons and daughters. We fight for our spouses. We fight for the natural things, sometimes the obvious people in our life. But this morning, I want to tell you, there might be someone in your life that might not be obvious, that you need to stretch for, that you need to get some stretch marks for, so that they can have some destiny marks. Who are you fighting for this morning? This message is really tough for me. It's a real sensitive message. I get, I don't know why it wrecks me, but this morning it's real personal. This morning it's very vulnerable morning for me because I'll probably share some stories with you that are hard for me to even talk about because they make me cry. I was literally going over my notes this morning. I was losing it at the church office. I'm like, this is embarrassing. I put mascara on. What's wrong with me? You know, so if I lose it, you know, deal with it. You know, men. So, but anyway, so today I want to talk to you, and maybe if you're a first-time guest in here, or maybe, you know, if you're the, a little bit skeptical of the things of God, even the supernatural things of God, because believe it or not, there are people who believe in Jesus, yet they don't believe in his miracles. They actually don't believe that he's still supernatural, but my God is a supernatural God. And when he gives an assignment to his sons and his daughters, he backs it up with supernatural experiences and supernatural encounters. And so this morning I'm going to tell you some of my experience with the supernatural power of God. And so I want you to lean in this morning as vulnerable and personal as this topic is to me. I just pray that you would receive something from it. About five years ago, three weeks, literally three weeks after giving birth to Rachel, I snuck into church because Anthony thought it was too soon for me to come back to church and I hated being away from church. And so I took Rachel in the stroller and we literally walked here from, well, she was in the stroller, she didn't walk, but I strolled her over here all the way. It was about a 10 minute walk. It wasn't like, wow, she's such a martyr. No, it was 10 minutes, it was simple. I needed to walk. And so we got here and I hid in the back. Anthony did not know I was in service. And the pastor, we had a guest speaker at the time and I'm sitting in the far right. We were in the auditorium downstairs, the large one. And out of this message, he stops and he points at me and he says, Pastor Miriam, 
And I was like, oh, Anthony knows I'm here now. He's like, just letting you know that the Holy Spirit is letting me know that you're called to be a spiritual mother to many in the house. And I was like, okay, I know. I'm the pastor. I'm going to be a spiritual mom. He's like, but I'm not just calling you. God's not just calling you to be a spiritual mother. I'm calling you to mother many in the house of God. And I was like, okay, that's cool for me. That was cool. I'm like, I love people. I love feeding young people who don't judge my cooking skills. You know, I love whatever. If I can just feed them pizza, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know what I mean? I just love being able to do that. I, I have a nurturing side of myself. And so for me, I was like, preach it, brother. God, I received it. What I didn't know was that six weeks later, I was going to get the most horrifying phone call of my life. It was really weird because I had just come back from the gym and I was praying and I was writing in my journal and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, pray for your brother right now. I was like, all right. So I'm like praying for my brother in my journal. I love to journal my prayers. And like about 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from my mom. She's like horrified. She's freaking out. I'm like, mom, what's going on? She's like, Anthony just passed away. I was like, what? My nephew, my 18-year-old nephew, my brother's son had just passed away. And I'm like, and of course, I, I'm like, what? And I had a moment of like freak out, obviously. And I hung up the phone and I just remember my world stopped for a moment. Actually, it stopped for about a week. I stayed in bed and I was just like, how is this possible? I'm a pastor of a church filled with young people. You see, he didn't die because he was sick. He didn't die because he got into a car wreck. He died because things of this world took him in and addiction killed him one night. One night he just didn't wake up. And I'm like, how do I have a church filled with young people and my own 18-year-old nephew died? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, and something switched in me. He's like, Miriam, do not just let this happen in vain. You have got to rise up because there's a generation of young people who don't know Jesus and they think that drugs and they think that things like that are going to happen. And suddenly the word that I received, hold on, suddenly the word I received six weeks ago became real. Suddenly there were certain kids in the church, they're, they're not kids, they're actually high school college students, they're adults now. I looked at them, suddenly the way I looked at them changed. It wasn't just like, oh, I love it, like love you, and oh, my spiritual mom, no. It was like, son, daughter, I'm investing in you. I'm gonna put something in you, I'm gonna pour into you because I believe in you. It was like this change, something happened. And I love having an open home. I could have my house filled with 40 to 50 people and you would think it would wear me out. Actually, it gives me more energy. Anthony thinks I'm weird. He's like, how do you love your house filled with people and you're still wanting to be up with him till two o'clock in the morning? I don't know, people give me energy. I love people. And even though I, I love it, and if I could have my house filled with people all the time, I would. But that's not even a stretch for me. It was natural for me to want to feed people, hang out with people, have moments of wisdom for people. It felt good being able to give advice. I enjoyed being a mom to many of the kids. I had already felt the responsibility to be a spiritual mom to a handful of these, of these people. But suddenly a natural care turned into a supernatural care, a godly burden. But there are burdens that are not just God-given. There are actually burdens that are self-imposed. And we're going to talk about a godly burden versus a self-imposed burden. A godly burden is placed there by God so that you can pray. 
A godly burden is placed there by God so you can fight for whatever it is. It is faith-based and assignment-based, not fear-based. A godly burden has kingdom purpose and eternal implications. A godly burden has eternal value. However, a self-imposed burden is placed there by our fears and for our worries. There's some young people who are in horrible relationships because they put a self-imposed burden that they need to take care of that woman or man, but that is not your job. That is not your job. That is a self-imposed burden. You're going to try to fix someone who has issues? Let God fix someone who has issues. Let the therapist fix someone who has issues. Young woman, young man, you are valuable, and you don't need to fix someone's crap if they keep taking you down time after time again. There is grace for that person, but that is a self-imposed burden. doesn't mean God can't change people. He does. It almost sounds contradictory, but make sure if you have a burden, you know it is a God burden versus a self-imposed burden. It's a very, very distinct difference. And as I gave myself to stretch for people, I suddenly went from having a natural tendency to nurture someone to having an intense burden to fight for someone. Look at the person next to you and say, who are you fighting for? It went from I love having people over, it went from I love loving people, I love doing things for people to a responsibility to stretch beyond my comfort, beyond my desire, to, to stretch beyond even my capacity. And many times that stretching created marks in me that I didn't like. See, stretch marks are ugly. We don't like them, girls. Can I testify? You know what I'm saying? We don't like it. But guys, you got them too. If you're a gym junkie, you know your biceps get all like stretched out. It's weird. All right? So it's ugly. Stretch marks are not pretty. And I didn't like how it started to feel when the natural, you see, when we're just doing things in the natural, it's not hard then there's really no glory in it. But suddenly when you go from the natural into the supernatural, doing things that are not within you, a capacity that you didn't think you could have, suddenly the ugliness even of yourself comes to the surface. I found that as I started stretching towards these young people, ugly things of me came out. Things that I'm like, man, I'm more selfish than I thought. Man, and all these things started coming to the surface. And I didn't like the stretch marks being revealed. I didn't like what the sacrifice was doing. I actually got more grace hairs because of it too like you think you know caring for these people you know it's like caring for teenagers sometimes and so <laughs> and so no pun intended Magno but anyway so gray hairs less sleep which equals puffy eyes many tears sometimes of hurt and anger and all because of the vulnerability to love and stretch for someone it's weird, as soon as I decided to do that, I've always had dreams, God dreams. Like God's always like given me dreams to things that were about to happen or things that did happen in someone's world. There's just a way, it's one of the gifts that God's given me. Um, it's a big responsibility actually. And, and I started to have countless dreams regarding some of the sons and daughters in the house. They would literally wake me up. They would literally increase the burden. Sometimes the, the, the burden was so heavy. I don't know if Anthony remembers, there was times I would literally wake him up because the burden was so intense to pray. The burden was so intense to protect. The burden was so intense to fight for these young sons and daughters of the house. And I remember waking him up and I'm like, please pray for me because I can't do this by myself. 
And there was countless dreams of like, man, Lord, I have to fight for this kid. And actually, the Lord was saying, you need to fight for this kid. You need to pray. You need to stretch. You need to stretch out even though it hurts. You need to do it. You need to move forward. Sure, more gray hairs and less sleep and tears, but the vulnerability to love creates destiny marks. And eternity is so needing of us to stretch our hands towards those who need to know they are loved. These stretch marks become destiny marks in the life of another. Your stretch marks become destiny marks to another person. You may not even feel the nudge right now to stretch for someone. But Jesus gave the ultimate stretch for you as he stretched out his arms on the cross. And the reality is we need to be Jesus to someone. There are people in your world that don't know Christ. And you will be the only Jesus to them. And sometimes God is not asking us to go on the cross and give up our life. He's just saying, do like I did. I stretched out my arms so that people can know me, so that people can sense my love. We have motherless and fatherless people in our lives. We have people who teachers and bosses told them they would never amount to anything. And we have Jesus in us. And it is our responsibility to carry the love, the rivers of living water that is within us, and to stretch forth stretch forth that love and stretch forth that care we can't miss the opportunity to be Jesus to someone do you know that even Christians you might be even sitting next to someone who believes in Jesus and follows Jesus but you know what there might be someone in here who does and they still need you to be Jesus to them because maybe they never had a mother or father who interceded for them who believed God for them who fasted for them who paid the price for them who are you stretching out to? Who do you need to invite to your dining room table? Who do you need to invite into your world? It can't just be me, myself, and I, my husband, and kids. Your world has to be bigger than that. Your world has to be greater than that. God didn't just create you for your little family, although it's amazing. God created you to be in the likeness of his son, and his son is about reaching the world. And I can't reach the world, but if I reach some, those some can reach other, and the others can reach others. And generations can be changed and impacted because you stretched your arms towards somebody. Who is in your world that re might require a little extra grace? Who in your world may require a little more of your time and energy and even finance? Who is in your world that you need to make room for? You can change someone's life if you change sometimes your perspective of what it means to stretch for someone. When a woman is pregnant, her skin is not used to stretching that much and so many moms get stretch marks. But those stretch marks are just a symbol of a life that's about to be produced. Those stretch marks actually come forth because a life is coming forth. And as your stretch marks become destiny marks to another person, they also become destiny marks for you. Because God is so good that in our pouring out to others, he doesn't leave us empty. He pours back into us of his grace, of his spirit, of his love. You see, as we pour out, the more we pour out, the more of himself he pours in us. That's how good God is. You know, recently, it's funny, I've been meeting with different people I do on a regular basis when I can, and, and the same thing has been coming up in these conversations. It's like, oh, I feel passionless. Like, literally, a few conversations I've had, like a, a bunch of them, actually, and it's the same thing. 
and you're I'm just feeling passionless right now. And they'll start talking to me and they're saying all these different things that are going on in their world. And they're great people. And I suddenly just ask them, man, it just feels like you're so inward focused right now. What are you doing for someone? I'm not talking about doing something for your niece or your nephew or your daughter or your son because that is natural. You are going to stretch for your family naturally. You love your children. You love your family. You do that. But who outside of that, who are you giving something to that you know you can't get anything in return for? Who are you stretching out for? Because the reality is when passion runs out, we need to stretch it out. When passion runs out, we need to stretch out. Because that's what Jesus is about. When we lose sight of what we're doing and why we're doing it, remember people. Because that's what Jesus did on the cross. He was on the cross and he's like, God, why have you forsaken me? Or, and when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he's like, God, take this cup away from me. But then he remembered people. Do you remember people? We stretch, we sacrifice, we give up things in the name of Jesus for people. Those who are here now and those who are to come. We rise up in hard times because of people. I'll be straight up with you, totally transparent. Right after Easter, man, we had phenomenal, a million services, I don't even remember how many we had. And it was such a victory. However, the next day, it was like bam, bam. Two days later, bam, bam. It was like one thing after another, after another, and I was tired. I called a couple of my mentors, and I'm like, I want to give up. I know I wouldn't, but I wanted to. And I was just tired. I was weary. I was discouraged. I'm like, how am I discouraged? We had the most amazing weekend, and I wanted to quit. And I had a moment, and I was like, Miriam, it's about the people. Rise up. It's about the families. It's about the young people that because they know Jesus at Church Alive, they won't die from an overdose. Because people have come to Church Alive. Look, there's a lot of churches, but I'm talking about this local church. If this local church didn't exist, what about the countless young people sitting in the front? Where would they be today? Hopefully in another church, but maybe not. Maybe lost. So we rise up for people. We get up because God wants us and people need us. God wants us, but people need us. You know, people so often have things to say about the local church and parents sometimes who are not Christians, they say these things to their young, I hear young people in our church say this all the time. I don't understand why you're always in church. The church is using you, the pastors are using you. And why is that a bad thing that you're being used in the local church to make an eternal difference? Oh my gosh, I've heard that so many times. And of course, as a professional person, I'll be like, um, it's okay, you just have to pray for your parents. But inside, I'm like, I'm gonna punch somebody in the face. Like, are you kidding me? You don't understand? You get to be a part of the greatest rescue mission of earth, being in the house of God, whether you're in week in, week out, whether you're here serving on a Thursday, serving on a Friday at Reckless, whether you're here setting up for creative elements for an event, we get to do this because of people. And Jesus died for people. And so if someone tells you that they're using you, that we're using you, the church is using you, say, awesome, I wanna be used of God. I get to be used of God. I get to be an instrument of God. I get to be a tool of God. I get to see someone's eternity changed forever. You might not see that in the tangible, but in the intangible, God is doing something supernatural. God is doing something powerful, and you get to be a part of the rescue mission of Jesus Christ.
Three things this morning, if you're taking notes. Number one, decide to stretch. Loving people is not an option. It is an obligation when you have the love of the Father running through you. When you have the love of the Father running through you, loving someone is not an option. It is an obligation. Who is in your life that you need to bring to your dining room table? Who is in your life that needs a glimpse of Jesus, a revelation of Jesus? Who's the person that you keep ignoring their calls and their texts because you don't have time for them? Well, some people, you just need to ignore their texts. I get it. Let's be real, people. But could it be a divine appointment that you're ignoring where God wants to stretch you so you can make a mark? Tell the person next to you, who are you ignoring? I need another sip. Tell the other person, who are you ignoring? People need your time. People need your energy. People need your sacrifice. People need you. Moms and dads, your kids need your commitment to stretch and being in the house of God week after week. Because you know what happens? Suddenly they turn 15 or 16, and all of a sudden they're a mess in their high schools. They're getting kicked out. They're on drugs, and they come running back to the local church. You're like, we're in a mess. Well, why did you leave? Why weren't you consistent? Why didn't you plant your family in the house of God? There is no time, people, to play church. We live in a crazy world, and it is not a good one sometimes. There's a lot of good things happening in the world, but you must decide, plant yourself, stretch yourself to be here, to make the impact in your child's life, in your marriage, in your relationships. I will testify. I hear regularly, man, we left the church for 10, 15 years. I left when I went to college and I never came back. Now my life is a mess. I've, I've done terrible things. I'm about to lose everything. And that's what happens and there's grace for you. And the best is yet to come still for you. But let me tell you, the world can mess you up. Stay planted. Stay planted. Desire, number two. So first one was decide to stretch. Number two, desire to keep on stretching. Galatians 6 through 9. No, 6, chapter 6, verse 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You know what will keep us from desiring to stretch? Pride and selfishness. Pride. I'm better than them. I don't have time for that. They annoy me. They just can't get their crap together. Blah, 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 blah. Pride. Like you have yours together. People look at Anthony and I and they think, man, the pastors, man, if I could just have their faith. If I could just have their life. We have our struggles. We have our, our trials. Right now, I feel like a full-time referee between Rachel and Ben. I know, big problem. There's other things. But right now, I'm about to, like, strangle somebody. And it's five, okay? And so, pray for me. But anyway, we all have something to lay down when it comes in the area of pride and selfishness. And that will keep you from desiring to stretch. Maybe you're trying to teach someone a lesson by giving them a cold shoulder. We have to stir up the gift in us to stretch. The Bible says stir up the gift within you. Stir up the gift. You know how you stir up the gift to stretch? God, give me the desire to want to love someone. 
Give me the desire to want to stretch out because so much of our world is consumed on ourselves, inward thinking, what we have, what we don't have. We are marketed to on the regular basis that you won't be happy until you have that car, until you have that ring, until you have that this or that bank account. And we're constantly throwing things at us that we're not happy until. Stir up the gift in you to stretch. Prayer will soften your heart to people and God's purpose. What's the thing that God has put in you? What's the gift that God's put in you to use for his kingdom? You might not think that you're actually blessing someone individually, but your gift might bless someone collectively. And the fact that you're doing what you're doing. But what is it that he's put in you and you've now taken a step back and you're like, nah, I'm not going to be committed. Nah, I'm not going to go there. Nah, I want to think about this now and I want to do this now. And you think all your years of serving set you up for the rest of eternity. God still loves what you've done the years before. But serving Jesus isn't just a season. Serving Jesus is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. What we do for the kingdom of God is a lifestyle. We don't just do it for a time. I'm all right, God, I did my thing. I'm good to go. We don't do that. You know, I've been judged in my stretch towards people. I've been judged so much so that at times I've been ready to throw in the towel. Like, I'm done with this. Like, forget it. It's not worth the aggravation. It's not worth the gray hairs. It's not worth the lack of sleep. I've even yelled to God. I'm like, God, I'm a mother of biological children. I don't have time for other drama. And I've literally just time and time again, as I've said that to God, he's been so good to me and that he's given me divine revelation. I'll never forget two particular moments, encounters with God that wrecked me. And thank God I've had my husband to cry this through and talk it through and all this stuff. But I'll never forget last year in September, Labor Day weekend, Anthony and I were invited to be guest speakers at this youth conference. And just a few days beforehand, I had, because I'm a mom and I'm always right, my sons are always wrong. Don't forget that. So I was having this moment where I was arguing with one of the sons in the house about some stupid decisions he was making and, and so forth. And I was always right. And even when I'm right, I'm not graceful about it sometimes. And, um, and so anyway, and, and we went to the conference and we're a little bit like mm, with each other and, and so forth. And as I'm there at the conference, the weirdest thing, because I was ready. Oh, I had told Anthony, I'm done. Towel, I'm done. I'm done. Let God deal with him now. <laughs> you know, I'm so done. And I literally stood there during worship and I'm watching this screen literally because I'm terrible with lyrics even though I am a worship leader and I sing I'm the worst person with lyrics names anything you yeah I, I'm terrible at memory so I'm watching this screen as I'm watching the screen we were singing the song I even remember the name of the song it's like the Jesus cultural live song suddenly the screen changed I know weird you might not believe me I don't care this happens in my own eyes I thought this vision so weird. And how I'm going to explain it to you isn't exactly, I can't explain it in real words because it's a picture, but it was this really big field. And I was with, uh, like, there's a really big field, and I'm carrying this person, a spiritual child in the house, spiritual son. And I'm carrying him. And I, he was, like, right here, like a football. I, all I can explain is, like, a football. It's weird. The person's, like, 10 foot tall, and I'm, like, 3 foot tall. And I'm carrying this person, and I'm running through this field. And as I'm running through this field, I literally saw things coming against the football, coming against this person, like an interception trying to be happening and a tackling thing. I'm not good at football, so I'm just bear with me. Is interception even a thing? I don't even know. So I'm trying to get, like, people are trying to tackle me because of the ball, and I'm literally 
running and I'm running and I knew where I was running to and I was getting to the end of the field and I call it the end zone even though it wasn't really a football field that's how I describe it and once I got to the end zone I knew it was time to throw the football and I literally threw the football and as I threw the football or threw the person in a sense the person starts running and looks back at me and gives me one of these like I'll be all right ma and he started running and I was like oh and I'm in worship and I'm crying, and God, I literally felt like the Lord say, hold on for a season longer. Hold on for a season longer. People might not understand it. People will judge you and criticize you, but I have given you this assignment. I've put this burden, this, com this compulsion in you for a season. There is a call of God on this young person's life. Don't let go. Keep going. Keep going. Soon you'll throw him into the end zone. And I look at Anthony, I'm bawling at this point. The guests, I mean, the host pastors are sitting next to me. They're probably thinking, oh, great, we invited an emotional wreck to come speak at our conference. She can't get her crap together, all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm crying. I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I was going to throw in the towel. And I was so upset. Fast forward, you know, the past, maybe since September, I don't know how many months it's been, maybe nine months now. And there's been awesome moments of, like, wisdom and parting and all the different things that I feel like God's been teaching me to teach the young people in our church, the ones that I mentor. And then on Easter, something crazy happened again because sometimes you need to be a reminder. You need a reminder to continue. You need a reminder to stir up that gift. You need a reminder to not forget the burden of people. And sometimes you just get comfortable with life and you just kind of like, eh. And I was sitting right there in my seat. And next to me was one of my sons of the house. And I'll never forget, it was the 1045 Easter service. It was one of the two million ones that we did that weekend. And I'm sitting there, and there was such a strong presence of the Lord in the service. There was such a strong presence of God. And Anthony was preaching his heart out for the 20th time, and I was just like, man, there's fire in here. And as I'm looking at Anthony, again, this vision, whew, and all of a sudden, I just saw myself go like this with my arm. I stretched out my arm, and I had a cloak. I didn't have a real cloak, but it's in this vision. And all of a sudden, my cloak turned into an angel wing. And I saw the sun inside my, this angel wing of mine. And as clear as anything, I felt God say, protect him. And I started arguing. I'm like, I do. <laughs> like, what else can I do? And he's like, no, pray for him more. I was like, but I pray. No, pray. That is how you will protect him. And I felt that burden come on, and I was just like, okay. And literally, I felt the intensity of that burden, and I lost it in my state. I was supposed to do closing announcements. I'm losing it for 10 minutes. I think people around me were like, what's wrong with Pastor Miriam? Tito, I think, thought I was just weak, like, because I was in a bunch of services. So he's like, Pastor Miriam, you need to eat something. And he's like, I was like, I'm all right, man. You know, then you have people, like, trying to get me to, I'm, like, losing it. I don't like to cry because I wear makeup. And so I'm like, this isn't good for this. You know, I have to go meet people. And so, like, I said, Anthony, you, like, when he came back to sit down, he looked at me. He's like, what happened to you? I was like, you're doing closing announcements. There's no way. You know what I mean? And so it was just this reminder of a burden. Desire to stretch. Number three, devote yourself to the stretch. Youth leaders in here, devote yourself to the stretch. Those teenagers depend on your stretch marks. Kids Alive leaders and teachers, devote yourself to the stretch. Those kids depend on your stretch marks. Connect group leaders in here, devote yourself to the stretch. There are hurting people in your groups who need grace and love and your stretch of discomfort. There might be annoying people in your connect groups. Love them. 
We need some spiritual fathers and mothers in this house who will stretch for some young men and women who have never had a mother or father interceding on their behalf. What would happen if we generated a culture here at Church Alive of taking people in and making room for them at our dinner tables, making room for them in our hearts, making room for them at our gatherings? We can't for everyone. But what if we made the decision today to stretch for someone? What if today we stir up the desire to stretch again or keep on stretching? What if today we decide to devote ourselves to stretching because the kingdom of God depends on it? Because people depend on it. Because sons and daughters depend on it. Because some people don't know they have potential until you tell them. Some people don't know anyone believes in them until you tell them. Some people, all they know is that they are failures. Some people, all they know is that they won't make it. But what would happen if you and I took on the mantle and said, I will let someone know that the best is yet to come. I will let someone know that they are able because God is able. Some people don't know there is hope until you tell them. Some people don't know they can until you tell them they can people. It is all about Jesus. And Jesus is about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is about people. Stretch. It's uncomfortable, but there is glory in the stretch. The marks produce something. So stretch. Your stretching marks a person. Your stretching marks you. Your stretching marks eternity. When passion runs out, stretch it out. Can we be the kind of people that makes a difference and are driven by eternity? Our world is great. God wants us to have the little things, the house with the picket fence and the nice car and, and this and the nice vacations. But the kingdom of God is far greater than those things. They're little things in comparison to eternity. And will you be a part of eternity and making a difference in someone's world? Acts 20 verse 35 says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give of ourselves than to receive. It's about people, people. It is about people. Stretch marks for people. Can we stand to our feet? challenging and encouraging our church this morning to stretch towards people, to stretch towards someone. Is there someone in your life right now that you can think of that, man, I need to pour into this person? Or maybe you're a person in here and you're thinking, man, I need someone to pour into me. Right now at this moment, you can ask your heavenly good, good father to send someone to love you, to send someone to pour into you, or maybe to tell you who you need to pour into, who you need to make a difference to, who you need to help shift their focus but there are some in here today that you need to make your stretch towards Jesus maybe you've been out of the house of God for many years or maybe this is your first time ever being in the house of God maybe you heard the Jesus story maybe you haven't but I'll tell you this Jesus died on the cross he stretched out his arms he got marks on his side. He got marks in his hands. Hands. He got marks in his feet. He got marks on his head from thorns and nails and beatings for you and for me. He thinks the world of us. And all he asks you to do, he already stretched his whole life towards you. All you need to do is stretch your hand up this morning and say, I receive it. 
I want that. I want that forgiveness. So every eye closed, every head bowed. This is a personal moment with people in here. If that's you today, if you're running back home because you've been away for a long time, or if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I'm not going to call you forward, but I just want to see you acknowledge that gift of his stretch marks. Is that you? Are you running home today? If so, raise up your hands so I can see it. I see that hand. That's awesome. Who else this morning is going to make that decision to stretch out towards God? That's awesome. I see that hand. That's awesome. Anyone else coming home this morning? That's awesome. We're going to pray together. You can repeat after me. This prayer is simple. It's just basically recognizing that Jesus is your Savior. You're asking for forgiveness of sins. So repeat after me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for stretching out your arms towards me. This morning, I stretch out my hand towards you. I need you. Forgive me. Wipe my slate clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, for those of you who raised your hand, so exciting that you made that decision today. We want to honor that decision. So before you leave, there's a box office right here, this little area. And one of our leaders want to connect with you and give you a gift card to celebrate this occasion of coming home. We love you and God bless you.